Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. You might not be used to this voice. This is Anthony Malakian. I'm the U.S. editor. Normally, I leave this to do it uh, for Dan DeFrancesco, uh, the deputy heir of cell-side technology. But we have some big news for you, sad news for me. But Dan is going to be moving on to Risk, our sister publication, I'm out. Risk. He's out. I'm out this place. He I'm finally out. graduated and is moving on up to the big time. Moving on up. I'm out. Yes. Uh, I am starting May 1st. I will be writing... Uh, for the commodities desk at risk.net, which is, as Anthony said, our sister publication. Uh, I will not be able to continue on the podcast, obviously, because my responsibilities will be with risk. So unfortunately, that means the end of this dynamic duo, but it does not mean the end of the Waters Wavelength podcast. Sadly, no. Yes, because see, Dan <laughs> came to me a long time ago and he said, you know what we should do? We should create a podcast. And I said, um, I really don't want to. That seems like a lot of work. And goes, I'll do everything. You don't have to do anything. Just come on. Yeah, we'll talk. You really don't have to do a lot. I go, okay, I don't have to do a lot. Fine. That's that's works for me. And then, of course, then, you know, a little over a year later, um, he goes and switches. Uh, he's a trader. And he goes year to and our... Half. It was about a year and a half. That year and time. a half. Goes over to Risk Magazine, you know. And... Yeah, so figure this last podcast. Next week we have IBM. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive with uh, Mark Andrews of IBM about how they're using Watson. Um, so that'll be a good and interesting podcast. For sure. This one will not be that interesting or good. <laughs> um, if you were hoping for some great, valuable insights, I'm not really sure that we're going to hit on those. But, you know, a couple of fun memories that we've had, a couple of good stories for you to check out before Dan moves over. Um, and then a little bit of information as to what Waters will be doing um, in his absence. And quite frankly, I think we're going to be better off, better than ever, really, if you ask me. So. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I'll be honest. I said, I'm very excited for the opportunities over at Risk. I'm very excited to join their team and join the commodities team. Uh, but, you know, you know, as Anthony said, this has kind of been my baby over at Waters, along with a couple other things. But this specifically kind of built it from the ground up. And, uh, you know, it's all of you listening right now that have really helped kind of been along for the ride, especially if you've been here since episode one. So it is sad to, to walk away, but like a parent sending their child off to college, you know, I'm, I'm proud to see it move on without me. And I hope the best. Oh, I thought I'll, I was the parent here and no, you were the child leaving no, for college. No, the yeah. actual podcast. I can yeah. care. I can give a shit about you. <laughs> um, going out with two middle fingers up. Yeah, exactly. um, but, uh, but no, and you know, kind of, you know, this is, could be considered a soft closing because, you know, I participate in the in, interview with IBM's uh, Mark Andrews. Yeah. So you'll hear me next week. And then and there might be one more. Potentially uh, there might be one more. I don't want to say anything and jinx it, but there might be one more in a couple weeks after that where I'll also kind of appear back on the feed. So kind of like an, even though we've only done it once, it could there could be some more risk crossover. Kind of like, future. yeah, kind of like an addict uh, weaning off a drug. You'll still be able to get a little bit of me, but this will be the last full one that I'll be uh that I'll be involved with. So just give y'all a little, so from here on out, we'll still have guests on. Um, so if anybody listening wants to be on, it'd be best for you to pitch it to yeah, me. Yeah, now more than ever, I would say reach out to Anthony because he's going to be desperate. <laughs> desperate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll still probably ignore most of your emails that people send me, but, you know, this might uh, get me to uh, respond. Um, and then, so we'll be doing a little bit more. See, Dan, he was so closed off to everybody else, but me, under me, I'm benevolent. So we're going to open this up, bring in some of our reporters from Asia, some of our reporters from London. Well, see, that's not fair because I brought in folks from inside market data or inside data management. I brought in Wei Shen from Asia. I brought in Victor from London. So, mm, yeah, but I don't this can become more of a regular assessment. thing. You see, more of a regular thing now. 
Um, so I'll be on our part. But then I guess to give a little bit um, commodities and what you're going to be doing on risk, just a quick uh, for our listeners about some of the things that you're going to be interested in starting off with. Obviously, you're going to know nothing walking in there. So if there are any PR people or anybody in the industry um, that have uh, solutions and stuff like that for the technology space. Um, right now, phone's going off, so we'll just ignore that. But what do you got? Yeah, so going to the commodities, like you, as you said, uh, you know, with the technology background, that's certainly something I'm going to focus on. And, you know, I think it's an interesting space. I think what occurred in the equity space in terms of its evolution of technology, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is really happening more so now in the commodity space. So, uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't have a couple of story ideas that, you know, that I'm kind of in brewing. Yeah, in, in the shop. I don't know necessarily, if, not to say I don't want to tip my hand. Um, I don't, you know, don't know necessarily what route I'm going to go down uh, initially. Uh, but definitely going to focus. I think the biggest thing is kind of the further kind of electronification of the markets. You know, obviously kind of the trading pitch of, pits have dried up, you know, on the commodities and whatnot. But, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because, Commodities within the risk space. So if you're not familiar with risk, risk just covers derivatives, a lot of banking, you know, also with the buy side as well. But commodities is interesting because you have these people that are just hedging, you know, what they're producing. You have these farmers, these, you know, energy producers. So it's, you know, not necessarily firms you, you know, typically consider part of financial services or just flat out aren't part of financial services that are dealing with these futures and options. So that kind of brings an interesting dynamic because they're not going to have the same tech team or want to build out the same tech team that, you know, a Bank of America or, you know, a Vanguard will that also is dealing in the space. So I think kind of drilling down on, you know, that type of stuff will be really interesting. Um, you know, so definitely if, you know, if you're a PR person and you have anyone in the commodity space and you've reached out to me before. And it's more than just technology. I mean, Dan's going to yes. be yeah. shifting heavily away from technology, yes. but he'll also bring a certain expertise, obviously, with the technology. I think so. that's the bridge. You know, that's the, the bridge for me to kind of get my foot in the door because that's something that I have an understanding of. But certainly the coverage will be across the entire commodity space. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you are out there listening and uh, you're in the commodity space, you know, my email is always out there. It's dan.defrancesco at incisivemedia.com. Feel, re- feel free to reach out to me. Drop me a note. Happy to chat. Um, yeah, all my contact info is on the page. And... In your time here, so you've been with Waters now for how long? So August 2014 was my was my start, so middle of August. Two and a half years here. So about two, yeah, you know, three years, almost three years. For those that don't know, I plucked Dan out of our old, uh, we used to, well, I used to write for a newspaper in upstate Newark called the Journal News in uh, White Plains. Lohud.com. Um, well known for posting a map of yes. every gun owner in yes. Westchester, Rockland, and Putnam County. Yeah, yeah. That did not go over well. That yeah. was uh, you weren't there. I was there at the time. Probably uh, uh, that was probably maybe I think that was this December of 2012. So that was like maybe four. No, yeah, that was probably about six months into the job. And you want to hear something really funny and ironic? And I'll say it now because I don't care about Low Hud and yeah, screw we don't who work cares. there anymore. Uh, so they post this whole thing about how, you know, basically saying where every gun owner, because they have to register. Everybody with a register. With, so it's handguns, not uh, rifles, not, yeah, not shotguns, or I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't the know the exact gun rules, but handguns you definitely have to register, so it's public information. So they post this map. Everyone freaks out, you know, because obviously there are concerns about now you know that there's a gun in the house. Families maybe don't want to send their kids over to other people's cops houses because they're guns. Cops have listing now made. Uh, listing cops. Public, yeah. A lot of, you know, 
caused a lot of issues. So naturally, our office got a lot of uh, death threats. So what do we do? We post up at the door a security guard with a gun. There you go. <laughs> it's so a circle of life. It really is a circle of life. Uh, it was uh, an interesting choice by the editorial team. I was on sports, so I was not really involved yeah. in it. And well, Dan and I were both. So I didn't know Dan when he was there. Uh, he uh, was. He came about a year or so, maybe two years after I left to start at uh, U.S. Banker, now American Banker magazine. Um, but so I saved him two and a half years ago. <laughs> Uh, plucked him from the 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 dour sports pages to bring him into the high tech world of fintech capital market space. Yeah. Um, in your time here, two and a half years, what are your favorite stories that you've written? So, kind of looking back, y- you know, I, naturally you go to the features because that's what you spend the most time on. That's what the longest pieces are. That's who you put kind of the most blood, sweat, and tears into. So the first one. And this is probably going to be obvious if you've listened to the podcast. First one that jumps to mind is really kind of a series, the cat stories, right? Mm-hmm. So second story I, feature I ever wrote was about the six, at the time it was six uh, consortiums that were battling to build the cat. We hadn't really done a too much too much coverage on the Consolidated Oil Trail. I thought it was really interesting. It was a fun story to kind of talk to a bunch of different big vendors in the space to get their thoughts on it. And then... You know, as it grew, so last about this time last year, wrote another story about kind of the progress that had been made. You know, this time it was cut down to three. What still needs to be done? You know, what were the biggest issues? And then probably, you know, I think what you consider and, you know, probably what I consider the best story that I've written while I've been at Waters was kind of the uh, aftermath after the decision to have thesis uh, build the consolidated consolidated yeah. trail, um, kind of the decisions behind that. Why Finra, which was kind of the incumbent, which ran Oats, why they were not selected. Um, that was, you know, I think my best, the best story that I've written while I've been here, and that was a nice kind of closure to something. So that was a kind of a cool, uh, you know. Three- I mean, I think that was what was, what was most impressive, and these are uh, stories that if you haven't checked out on the consolidated Oat trail we were able to hang our hat on Dan's coverage and say we covered this better than anybody else. We had the most in-depth, uh, deep deep dive coverage of how, who was involved, what their technologies were, how it all came to be, you know, kind of the postscript on the decision. And with Dan leaving, obviously, we're going to still be following it. Uh, we're going to lose a yeah, still bit of a institutional lot. knowledge. Fortunately, Dan will be sitting literally right behind <laughs> me, so I can just always turn around. But um, if you have any insights on that, feel free to email myself. Um, we will be getting um, a uh, replacement in the next month or so, I'm hopeful. Uh, so, and then that person, we might uh, hand that off to so that they can have new shoes filled. Funny story. So when we did hire Dan two and a half years ago, I'm a bit of a joker. And, you know, maybe you could tell. So when Dan started, Dan uh, technically replaced... Uh, this kid, uh, Jake Thomasis, who is on our staff for uh, about two years, three years, actually. Also three a years. former Lohud employee. Also a former Lohud. Just all these things, you know, just I like poaching from there. <laughs> um, and uh, so Dan started, and we just started calling him New Jake, was his name. So we didn't I call him. another Dan. name, too, but we There was another one that was, uh, yeah, that one, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie Work is uh, one way of saying it. But, um, yeah, uh, from Always Sunny, Charlie okay. Work. But yeah, it's, oh uh, Charlie Work. Oh, yeah, I Charlie thought you said Charlie Word, and then yeah, I was no, like, Charlie not Work. the C word. <laughs> no, yeah, we... no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he became a new Jake. So we will have a new Dan um, in here at some point. But all right, so cat story. So cat story. So yeah, 
you know, and again, this is kind of, I feel kind of awkward doing this because like I told you before, we were talking about my last column. I am not exciting or important enough to lament about. Uh, Completely but, agree, but we got to fill, but we gotta fill this time with something. Time, so yeah. <laughs> here we are. Didn't have a guest for this week, so yeah. you're the guest. <laughs> so the next story that I saw, you know, that I thought of, which I think, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I like is because I know you hate the topic. Yeah. And one of the reasons, I, the other reason I like is because it was so cool and different. And it's something that still gets brought up a lot at our C-level panel was my story on young talent and acquiring young talent, um, bringing in young technologists. And one of the, you know, one of my favorite God. parts of the story was I actually got to talk, speak to a young hacker. Uh, I'm going to yeah, pronounce cool. her name incorrectly, Karithika Yetchina. Oh, man, um, that's what I'm going to miss the most is your pronunciations <laughs> yeah. of names and companies. She was, at the time, this was in 2015, June 2015, so she's almost 18 now. She was a 15-year-old from uh, San Jose, California, and kind of through a source, was able to talk to her. She works for, uh, for she was interning with Angel Hack, which organizes hackathons around the globe. And someone put me in touch with her and kind of talked to her a little bit. And very bright person, a very bright student, um, you know, and uh, it's funny, this is somebody that, you know, banks would kill for, this young, independent, strong female technologist. And I kind of asked her, you know, any thoughts on, you know, financial services? No, no. Snapchat, Instagram, you know, whatever. Or or really, you know, which is what you hear a lot from these people is, uh, you know, I kind of want to just start my own type of app that, you know, could kind of help the world or help the community or help local people, which is so much what you find with these type of people. Uh, but it was just so funny. Just really just turned her nose up at uh, financial services. And then it was good just to talk to, you know, this is a problem that we've heard a lot of from C-level folks that a lot of banks struggle with. You know, at the end of the day, we talked about this. They have the money, right? They have the checkbook that they can always open up. But yeah. a lot of times that's not enough for a lot of these people because, you know, they'd rather do something meaningful meaningful, or do something sexy, you know. So uh, it's a real tough thing for them. I did end up actually talking to also a couple of uh, young employees uh, from uh, another vendor. I don't remember exactly where they were from off the top. Oh, well, as software group. As software group. <laughs> and... Uh, they both kind of talked about how there's a lot of exciting things going on. Cryptocurrency was one of the things they brought up and that they really wanted to join. So it's not that to say that everyone wants to join Snapchat. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's not, it wasn't a typical water story. It wasn't about a platform or, you know, payments or a regulation, but it was something that everyone deals with. And, you know, I, I had a lot of fun writing. So going forward, any stories on Cat, you can come to me, the Consolidated Oil Trail. Any stories on talent and stuff like that, well, uh, go to uh, Amelia David, Wei Shen Wang, <laughs> Aglos, Andreu, or John Brazier, uh, Brazier, because I, uh, I just, I don't have... You just don't care. I just, I can't. In eight years of it. Eight yeah. years of it. Well, it is, you know, it is was, very true. It's a very important this topic. This was two years ago, too. So there could, you know, we could always do a reboot of yeah. this. You know, it's been two years. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I know it's not the. Well, it's one of those things that everybody wants to talk about. And it is truly, just yesterday I was talking with um, uh, 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 Rick Lane from uh, Trading Technologies. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at uh, getting a different office in New York City. And a big reason for that is because of the fact that. They are there. It's tough to get people to come downtown. Mm -hmm. Like people, you know, the the young talented developers. Yeah, they want to be that's you know where your Google's, your IBM's, your Chelsea, you know, kind of area in New York City. Um, IBM. We just went out there the other day to get mm -hmm. to do uh, this podcast that will be coming up next week. Um, 
So yeah, people don't want to be in Midtown. They really don't want to be, you know, these young developers don't want to be in Midtown. They don't want to be down here in right. the financial district. So And where are all these people living? They're living in Brooklyn. How are they getting in? They're taking yeah, L and L bridge into Union exactly. Square. So Exactly. Um so it is it is and but you know, you just listen to somebody like, you know, working at a cutting edge technology company and it is something that they're always thinking about at the C level. So very important topic. I just won't be responsive to the topic, so uh, feel free to go to one of the other reporters. Yeah. And give us a third one, Dan. Third one. The so, rule of three. Yeah, so I thought of, you know, there's a couple, you know, I, the the Shadow IT story was, came out a couple months ago I really liked. The VR story I really joined, especially considering, you know, we just had, what, FlexTrader announced? FlexTrade. FlexTrade yeah. announced that they were, you know, looking into offering an augmented reality offering. So that was kind of cool. You know, you write a feature, and then a couple months later, you know, one of, you know, the vendors in the space offers it. But, uh but, you know, what I think is, uh, what I think, what really stood out to me is, while the profiles are kind of, they are what they are, two really stood out to me that I wrote. One being NASDAQ CEO, Bob Greifeld. Got legend. To, got legend. To, yeah, legend in the space. Got to talk, speak to him, you know, before he retired. You know, I, we did the interview April 2016. He retired, you know, at the end of the year. Um, also, what stands out to me is, had to turn that one around pretty quick. We were kind of up, you know, to kind of give you behind the scenes of Waters Technology. We had our back against the wall a little bit with that feature and with the cover story and ended up interviewing him on like a Thursday and had the story to you by, you know, Saturday, mm -hmm. which, you know, I interviewed him Saturday night and we also had awards, I remember. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, right. <laughs> yeah, so I had to transcribe, you know, an hour long interview, you know, kind of assemble it all together, get the story, edit it, and then get it over all in time to to make the uh, make the press, so that was kind of stood out, and he was a really interesting guy, you know, like you said, a legend in the space. Um, so that was one that stood out, and then the other one was my first cover story, uh, AQR CTO Neil Pawar, and the reason Neil stands out is because, you know, first cover story, big hedge fund that he works for, kind of, you know, you're nervous, you know, this is you're dealing with. He at the time he was the most senior level I'd spoke person I'd spoken to, you know, doing reporting. This is probably three or four months into the job. And uh, you kind of have these, for better or for worse, you have these preconceived notions of what a technologist is. We talked about this with Hollywood. Yeah, when you start, yeah. But you kind of think, okay, I know exactly what this guy is going to be. And, you know, I sat down to chat with Neil, and, you know, he's talking how at Brown he was a uh, theater major, you mm -hmm. know, and then he ended up having to split, but he was a theater and computer science major, and how he loves Liverpool football. And you're talking about football, and it's just—it's almost like they're human. Know, <laughs> it's weird. I don't mean to see. Not that I, you know, and I, and I, I really like Neil. Neil's a really nice and he was a really engaging guy. Not to think that, and not to say that I thought I was going to sit down and he's going to be a nerd. I just didn't know what to expect. You have this, you know, preconceived notion, like I said, of technologists, and uh, yeah, that kind of, and that was the case kind of going forward. I, you know, I spoke to. I think I probably did maybe 10 cover stories throughout my two and a half years here. And uh, every, you know, C-level executive, you know, brought something different to the table, you know, had different kind of quirks. And, you know, while those stories, you know, at the end of the day, what is it? It's, you know, you're profiling a C-level guy. You know, it's not it's not a cat story. It's not a, you know, shadow story. It's not a Julia programming story. Uh, Thank but, you. <laughs> but you learn a lot about them and uh, some of their quirks. And, uh, yeah, so that was – those were kind of the two, the last two. That yeah, I mean, the about. whole reason why we do those kind of cover stories, when uh, Victor took charge as uh, EIC back in 2010, now we're going on, um, that was the first thing he said. He's like, every single month we're going to have a leading C-level person, not always a technologist, but a C-level person mm -hmm. come on and give us their insights on how they got to where they got to, what are the challenges that they're facing? What are the products they're working on? And you know, what are the major trends that they're seeing? And kind of allow that each month to kind of kick off 
what the coverage for the rest of the magazine will kind of be. Here's somebody very, very senior. You know, if you're a young, you know, technologist trying to work your way up or, you know, you're in an organization, you can learn from this person. That's what these were meant to be um, more than anything else. And I, I, yeah, I think that's a, a little bit of insight. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too, you know, especially with the, you know, both these pieces. You know, every kind of, every cover story is structured a little bit differently. Sometimes there's a specific part of the person's career you want to focus on. But kind of with Niels, because it was my first one, and I wasn't kind of as familiar what to do with it. I kind of went through his career path. And with Bob, just because he's such an interesting guy and people want to know, people want to kind of know how he came up. And exactly to your point, if you are a young technologist, these are the type of stories that you want to read because it kind of shows you, okay, he started at a vendor and then he kind of worked his way up or he started, you know, he started his own firm or he, you know, he started at a startup or he started at a bank, yep. you know, and kind of the path they take. Every, there's, there's definitely no, well, you well. have to go this way. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to kind of see the difference. And then you could say, okay, well, you know, I'm here at this position. What's a lateral or what's the next step up the, the ladder that I could take either here at another firm? Uh, so definitely worth, uh, worth checking out those cover stories for sure. Absolutely. And what are you going to miss most of all, Dan? Uh, not me. you. I know. Not I you. Know definitely not you. Uh, you know, I, I, like, and again, maybe there's just, you know, maybe this is just me, but you go in. And there's a kind of a notion that people in financial services, especially in the institutional side, a little snobby, you know, Ivy League guys, men and women, you know, maybe come from money, have a ton of money, don't really want to deal with you. And I can, you know, I was going to say 99.9, but really 100% of my interactions with people I dealt with in this industry could not have been better friendly you know maybe not so much the pr people <laughs> but the actual and you know the actual spoke people that are spokespersons i was talking to whether it be on the buy side the sell side vendors and users um you know exchanges just really nice and especially as a kid coming in you know i was when i first got this job i was 25 years old didn't have a background at all in technology or finance and kind of willing to kind of break down okay dan this is what this is uh you know really w was fantastic and uh you know i'll definitely appreciate all the people and the feedback too i mean specifically with this you know for whatever reason the podcast tends to resonate with people people tend to really enjoy it and to have people come up to you and say hey i've been listening to it or like this or you know we had somebody come up to us at the uh the sst awards saying hey you know i know i said i didn't like this but now that i kind of thought about it now that you're doing more of that i kind of do enjoy it and it's kind of like my little nugget and winning hearts and minds um, baby yeah so <laughs> it's been great and, you know obviously you know and I'll uh, I'll kiss your butt a little bit here. Thank you. Uh, you know, Anthony's been great. He's he's you know, like he said, he kind of plucked me out of low HUD where I was kind of dwindling away, and uh, gave me a job here, and I'm forever grateful for that. And uh, you know, again, really helped me kind of you know walk me through the process, and kind of understood that I was coming in a little bit you know with uh, you know green behind the ear, you know, f wet behind the ears and green and uh, help me build up. And, you know, he's become more than a, you know, a, a colleague. He's certainly a good friend of mine. No. And uh, <laughs> I do appreciate that. So, yeah, you know, like I said, oh. it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, what I want to say too is, for, so for, I doubt there are journalists that are necessarily listening to this. You know, I'm not sure why they would listen to our podcast unless they want some insights on FinTech, but, right. um, but for maybe PR people that have listened all the way through that, you know, if ever they're looking to give advice for a journalist. The one thing I will say about Dan is, and I think this is very true in any in any kind of field, what Dan did was he came in, he didn't know the subject at all, um, but he had talent. He was smart. And uh, 
he researched, he worked his butt off and just researched the holy hell out of everything he wrote. I, anytime I would go to him and I would ask him, you know, what is this? You know, explain to me what you're trying to say here. He could do it, you know, and because he did the research, he did the work on that end of it. And, you know, the one thing that was always valuable for me, he always came up with new ideas. This podcast was all him. He basically, he totally changed our, um, our social media strategy. Uh, he always had good ideas to kind of kick around as far as, you know, coverage. And, you know, what was always important for me was sitting right next to me. He'd always be like, you know, how can I help? What do you need help with? You know, he was always proactive in that. I think that's so vitally important for anybody that is going in any field. Definitely for journalism. That's what I'm always looking for as an editor. But I think that's true across the board. So you did well. You deserve this promotion. Um, I'm still going to view you as a trader, and as I'm doing this <laughs> podcast every week, I'm going to hate you so freaking much. I can't wait to get a new person that that fills your shoes. They don't know it yet, but he or she will be uh, taking over a big part of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, like I said, this is uh, it's tough. I'm excited for the opportunity to risk, and I'm really excited to join their team. But uh, but yeah, you know, this is like saying goodbye to a uh, to to a child. You know, brought it up, but I hope the uh, the waters, you know. Wavelength podcast uh, audience, stay strong and continue to listen. Anthony's going to do a fantastic job. I know. I'll be much better than you. I know he will bring I in some that. great guests. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't doubt it for a second. I'm not worried at all leaving it in his hands. And I'm really excited to see what comes from the podcast. And who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, a few months or a year down the road or something, maybe I circle back and we do uh, kind of bring back the old. Once you uh, actually know something, gang. it'll take yeah, you a little Once while. I actually prove that, I'm, <laughs> that I deserve to be on risk. Hopefully, then, you're not uh, fired within a couple yeah, months. <laughs> maybe I'll be back for other reasons. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, you can hear Dan next week as we interview IBM. Um, but thank you for your time. And uh, don't worry, this podcast will still be here. Long after he's gone and long after I'm gone, I'm assuming too. <laughs> Have a good day.